Yo, what's up, guys? I'm Brad Brooks, and we are here for the fifth episode of the Let's Grow Together podcast. Today's special guest is rapper, musician, Kari. What up, Kari? What's up, dude? How you feeling today, bro? Did you just pause to like see if you're saying my name right? <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> bro, I'm like, Kari? Yeah, yeah. like, uh, how you feeling today, bro? I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh, a little hungover, but life is moving on. Yeah, happy yeah, to be here. What'd you have to drink last night? Tequila. I'm a exclusively tequila man. I respect that. Unless there's <laughs> no tequila. <laughs> <laughs> I respect that. I respect hmm. that heavy. Um, I actually just listened to both of your albums last night. I listened to A uh, Two, and then I listened to um, the album that has Planet Earth on it. it uh, was, this is weird. Yeah, shit gets weird. Man, and that those albums, they both made me feel like, they made me feel super sad, but like warm as fuck at the same time. Because I was like, oh shit, there's another motherfucker out there that's really lonely too. I'm like, oh man, I don't know if this is making me feel bad or making me feel feel better. Like It was like a, a comforting kind of thing. Do you feel like... Oh, my God. I lost my whole train of thought. Fuck. We'll just clip that out. Um, shit. My bad. My bad. My bad. Rewind. The album made me feel like I wasn't alone because I knew someone else was alone, too. How do you... How do you... What is the importance of, like, just being vulnerable and honest with your emotions mean to you? Um, one, thank you for listening. Uh... I, I I don't even think about it. It's like self like like it's it's just natural. I, I don't I, I think the artists I was I gravitated towards when I was younger or just throughout life are people who are that vulnerable. Um mm-hmm. so for me it's just a second nature. I don't really notice it until other people tell me that I'm sharing. <laughs> I'm like I'm like, Oh, I guess I do kinda overshare when I listen back, but um I approach it the way like an author would approach like their life story, you know? Would that be oversharing? Would that be being too vulnerable or that would that just be telling their story? Word, word. No, I think that's dope because I feel like it takes a it takes a set of courage to be like, you know what, guys, this is who I actually am. Yeah. And cause it's like once you put your music out into the world, it's anybody can fucking hear you, you know what I mean? And it's just it's like, nice. damn. So I like I just have high respect for artists that are able to be like put on the forefront, hey, this is who I am, this is what I'm struggling with, and just able to be straight up fucking honest, you know <laughs> what I mean? So I was curious, why why the name, uh? Could you move your mic a little bit lower? A little bit lower. Yeah. Yeah. Is that cool? Yep, that's perfect. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> wow. Um, I, I named the project... Uh, because, <laughs> uh, I dropped, I dropped a mixtape in 2016 called Intern Aquarium. Um, mm. that was pretty much what started things for me. And that was my first like little online viral moment. Uh, and on one of the tracks, I, I at the beginning, I just say, uh, this is weird. <laughs> and I, it, I, it was one of my favorite songs to perform mm-hmm. and doing it live and saying oh this is weird a lot <laughs> i've made it a live show thing where like uh-huh. you know 
um, rappers would be like, make some noise if you're still here, you know. My thing is, like, throughout the show, uh, I'm going to say, uh, and I need you to say this is weird when I say that. <laughs> so I figured it was this thing I can kind of brand behind because my brand is weird. Like, everything I do is is a little bit left of center um, from the creativity and the music uh, side of things, the visual side of things, or just how I present myself. Um, so I made an EP called Uh One mm. back in 2018, I think. And my goal was to make a collection of EPs called This Is and Weird, so three EPs. Mm-hmm. I released the first one, and then shortly after, I was like, no, I'm not doing three EPs. I'm going to just make an album called <laughs> This Is Weird. So I scrapped. I took all the songs off streaming and started working on a project, This Is Weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Uh is just a continuation of that. I feel, I feel. Were you um, were you someone that you would say was weird growing up? Yeah, I mean, I was, I was the. I'm sure a lot of people can relate, but I was like the the Spider Man in the doorway where you push against the and climb up the like doorway <laughs> thing. I used to do all, that all the time. I used to like jumping over phone wires and stuff like that. I like lost a tooth doing that once <laughs> when I was a kid. And then my family would always call me uh, the professor. Uh, I had these like little nerdy wireframe glasses, but they always treated me as though there was something special. I don't know if that's because I was the youngest from the oldest child uh, mm. of my grandmother, um, but I, I've my whole life has has been that. You know, um, my family's from Ohio. Mm-hmm. I was born in Michigan. I lived there for like three years when I was a kid, mm. and then my mom moved to Rhode Island. Like, there's not black people over there. Like, I, I, like, it's, or it's, like, there's black people, but it's not like a... It's Cleveland Brown. It's just it. not like a place... Anytime I say that, people are like, you're from where? Or they think it's Long Island, New York. So it's just my whole life or existence has always been this thing. Even down to my parents naming me Kari. Mm-hmm. It's just... It's not saying that a John or whatever can't have an interesting life. Mm-hmm. There were just... there's been all these little micro moments and things throughout my life that have contributed to me being a little different i feel you i feel you how was it how was rhode island like because that's a place that i've never been visiting <laughs> what is the vibe like in rhode island oh man it, it was pretty it was pretty dry growing up mm-hmm. um i had like my group of friends you know which was which was cool we played a lot of video games we used to play Yu-Gi-Oh and go to little local tournaments and stuff and all that but it's pretty closed-minded in the sense of it's not a place a lot of people like like you're not championed for standing out there mm-hmm. uh growing up you know it's changed a lot since uh since i've gotten older and i've had i've had friends develop communities out there f- for the music scene for the partying scene for all that just like it, it's been revamped but I growing up you. it was not that and i feel you when I first started rapping and doing what I was doing, you know, sometimes I do shows and I was like, yo, I'm going to do this whole song on one foot type <laughs> stuff. Like, like people would kind of appreciate it or they just wouldn't get it. People just weren't as open-minded. Yeah, they, didn't, they didn't quite get it there when I was starting. It's different now, but... Yeah, nah, I always say, bro, I always tell people it's like, I'm so grateful for the time period now because we are so open-minded 
to yeah. being yourself. Like literally 10 years ago, it was <clears throat> it was odd to see people dressing emo or fucking, <laughs> you know, now it's just like, no, just be your fucking self. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think we're in a weird place where what what is even in style fashion wise? Like you can go outside and see 20 people dressing completely different. Yeah. We're you know, at, in the same time period where I feel like there are other time periods. Um, there were, it was a little more distinct how everyone dressed. Like if you're into mm-hmm. this, you did this. If you're into this, you did. Now it's just, I, I think Gen, especially I, this is my thing about Gen Z. I feel like they don't have an actual culture or not even a culture or like a, <laughs> it's just a mushing of a bunch of things, which is its own Where thing. It's, it's like a <laughs> giant melting pot. Melting kind pot. Of thing. Like if you think about how, even how TikTok works, the average person interacts with so many more genres than they would have ever you know like like some t- like back in the day the half the time the only way you'd interact with a different genre of music was in a department store word, word now you just rock dude it, like we're constantly fed so many different Facts. styles at the Bro, same time i remember i was watching um a rich brian interview and they're asking him like how he learned English and why he talks like that. And he's just like, I watch Disney Channel. <laughs> you know, I'm like scrolling on my phone, watching Zach and Cody clips and all this stuff. And it's like, this kid grew up in a whole different country. Mm-hmm. But if you talk to him, it sounds like he was bred in California and shit. Yeah. You know, it just goes back to what you said. It's like, we're this big ass melting pot of all the shit. So now you can grab, you can grab a culture from here. You can grab a culture from here and you can really like cap- captivate like, who you actually want to be and not be like hitting a ceiling and shit like i know for me growing up i grew up in dallas so it's like it was i don't know how rhode island was but i'm assuming it's not too different because it's very like middle america vibes and shit Mm -hmm. it's not like the east coast and west coast where it's like you're exposed to more but like in dallas there's like there was a certain look that you had to have so if you were into shit like skinny jeans or tyler the creator or shit like that it was kind of like whoa what the what the <laughs> fuck is that but now kids they have access to fucking anything and you can actually be who you want to be and shit yeah you which know? i think rhode island was that growing up um mm-hmm. and it wasn't until i moved to new york that i felt that freedom um, mm. and it, it it just changed everything in my life Tell me about your journey uh, to New York, because you said you were living there earlier. You said six years you're out there. Uh, I was in New York for seven years. Mm. Um, I went to school in Boston, uh, Northeastern, for for music business for two years, and but we had a co-op program where mm-hmm. we could intern wherever you wanted, um, as long as you just found like an, you'd apply and try and get in somewhere. Mm-hmm. I knew I wanted to do mine in New York. So I did mine in in um, in Brooklyn, New York, for a PR company, and then I got a taste of New York, and I was like, yeah, <laughs> "Fuck Boston! I'm like, yeah, I, I hate Boston." <laughs> um, and I just dropped out and moved to New York. Um, during that time, I turned 21 in the same month. Mm-hmm. Uh, and before I moved, I went back to Rhode Island for six months to kind of figure out my life after dropping out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I met this dude at a show 
his manager, he, well, he was managing a friend of mine and I was opening up for that artist at his show. And he's like, oh yeah, I live in New York, you know, I work for Fader Magazine. I was like, oh, that's cool, man. I just interned out in New York. I'm trying to think about how to get back out there. And then he's like, well, if you ever want to intern for Fader Magazine, <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll get you hooked up with that. Mm-hmm. And then some life things happened and I was like, all right, I got to leave Rhode Island. So let me try New York and... Yeah, literally two months later, I moved to New York. Uh, I started interning for Fair Magazine. Granted, my first week there, he actually quit. And <laughs> 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 moved. To, he were, he moved over to Complex, so uh-huh. I was working for his friend. But yeah, <laughs> it was like, yo, I'm gonna guide you. Yeah, Psych say, I'm, I, by the way, I'm actually leaving. <laughs> but this guy got you. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, do you remember how you felt when you're leaving your city and you came over to New York? Were you, do you remember feeling like scared, timid? Were you excited? It was a tricky time in life because uh, I dropped out and my mom had just lost a house around that time. Hmm. Uh, so, I spent that whole summer of 2012 on my friend's floor, just sleeping in his, his, his room and his family's house, whatever. Uh, I felt in between places, not even in between, I felt, not, I didn't even have a place, I just felt like I was just existing, you know, <laughs> I was just living on this dude's couch, I mean, on his, not even his couch, I was sleeping on the floor, um, my homie Jason, shout out to him, he's helped me down multiple times in life, uh, so it felt like it was time to make a choice, and the opportunity to intern at Fader just popped up like that, uh, mm-hmm. very, very easily, and then during my co-op in New York, uh, the year before, before I dropped out, um, when I was interning, I worked at Urban Outfitters and the sneaker boutique out there. Mm-hmm. So I hit them up to see if I could still work, like go back to there. And they're like, yeah, you can work. And I figured it out. I was so broke. I <laughs> I was counterfeiting Megabus tickets. <laughs> what? <laughs> I had a friend. Um, he, he, was do, he used to do it for me. Mm-hmm. And then I like looked up like... I was like, what is he doing? I like bought one ticket and I was like, what is he actually Start changing your on this own ticket? business? <laughs> I studied how he did it. So my I had locked in an apartment via a homie. Mm-hmm. And then we drove up there with all my stuff in the car. My nephew was in the car, my dad. And I ended up getting into an argument with the guy I'm moving in. I'm supposed to move in with. And he's like, No, you can't move in here. Damn. So and then my internship was supposed to start the next week. So for a week straight. I was making counterfeit Megabus tickets <laughs> to and from Rhode Island. It's like a three and a half hour, four hour drive, depending on what time you, you leave. Shit. Until I found an apartment. And then I found like this like loft apartment with two reggae bands. <laughs> it was six people living in this spot. It was a pretty big loft, but our rooms were tiny. I couldn't stand up in my room. But I was 21 and hungry. And I was like, this is perfect. This God is damn, that's fucking nuts. Bro, it kind of um, relates to... There's a song that I listened to on your album that it made me feel like I wanted to cry a little bit, <laughs> but I was like, I was trying to thug it out and not, but it, it was your track, Nomad. I knew it was. <laughs> yeah, because... That's that whole story. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, related it, I related to it so much because, like I said, I'm from a small little suburban area in Dallas, and I moved out to New York, and I was... I moved to LA for a little bit and I was just going couch to couch for a little bit. I was like sharing a one bedroom in um, 
where was it? We were in Flatbush with like two of my friends. One of my friends had like a mattress on the ground and shit. <laughs> and it was just like, I felt like I was on this journey to find like where I belong. Cause even uh, Sonia in the car ride before we got here, I was like, yeah, I was like, yeah, I finally wanted to leave New York and come to LA. And like, okay, is this where I'm supposed to be? Is this where I'm supposed to be? And then eventually I kind of came to a point where I'm just like, I'm just like your song. I'm just this nomad that just kind of just yeah. like flowing through life and just like trying to just enjoy the experience of like feeling apart, but also feeling like you don't belong type shit. You yeah. Know? I, I, I don't know if I get this from my mom and just her moving to Rhode Island. And mm -hmm. just she's always been able to just make those like dives, uh, and I, I think it's translated to me in my life. And there's multiple times in my life in which I've just been in these transition periods. Uh, even when I moved here, I was sleeping in a studio down downtown uh, L.A. Like not a studio apartment, like a <laughs> studio, <laughs> a studio which was more like an off a small office space that. Mm -hmm this artist was using as a studio and then he moved to J he moved back to japan and mm -hmm. then we took over the lease from him and i was like sleeping and it was probably like 200 and like 50 square feet maybe even smaller Damn. i had to shower at a planet fitness uh during that time and this was literally like was this four years ago three years ago <laughs> i when i and that's when i left new york but i think uh those moments suck at the times, but I think there's something on the other side every time, you know, mm -hmm. like I'm here right now on the other side of that. And I think a lot of people are afraid to see it through and mm -hmm. don't trust themselves to see it through. Mm -hmm. And I, if I'm moving to New York, like I could have quit when I lost that apartment the week before and just be like, all right, man, maybe this is the sign. And mm -hmm. I was just like, nah, fuck it. I'm, I'm going to figure it. I'm going to counterfeit these megabus tickets. I'm going to mm -hmm. figure it out. I moved out here. I guess I'm gonna sleep on this 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 <laughs> couch <laughs> in this studio space and shower at Planet Fitness. Mm -hmm. But what, on the other, I I've always been able to see the other side of it. Uh -huh. just, what what do you think gave you that that faith in yourself growing up that you could actually just continue a journey by yourself? Um, one being the youngest, I experience my older siblings do things right and make mistakes mm -hmm. uh two my mom is just like i was saying is always just she's a figure it out she's not perfect by any means none of us are but she mm -hmm. figures it out and survives my mom mm -hmm. is like she will survive whatever situation i think it somehow is is trickled into me and i think it also ties back into that idea of me just being weird um i Never, like, <laughs> wait, I'm like 5'8", you know, I'm pretty skinny. This is like kind of a tangent, like going off the random <laughs> spot, but it's kind of how I think or mm -hmm. how how I've gotten through things. When talking to girls, I've never thought about being 5'8". Like, that's, I'm not short. That's like average height, but I'm 5'8", yeah. 5'9". I can't remember. Uh -huh. But I've never thought about being skinny. I've never, I don't think, I just figure it out Word. you know like i don't second guess my ability to survive i can i do at times get close to it you know like mm -hmm. i think last year there was a moment where i was kind of like lost for a little bit but 
once I get back center, I'm just like, nah, you you always figure it out. You know? Word, just, word. I think it's like what holds a lot of people back is just that that worry in their head. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like uh, growing up, I was always like the dive in head first kind of person. Like I fucked up so many times in my life yeah. but i'm like i also have done like hella dope ass shit in my life too yeah. and it just goes back to that mentality that i'm just like i don't give a fuck like i don't care about anything i'm just like, same shit like i never even like thought about height because i'm 510 right yeah. i never even thought about height until like nowadays with social media yeah, they're like social media if he's not changes, six yeah. foot five yeah. <laughs> then why and i'm just like i i'm like oh shit i never even thought about that i'm like i've been with girls taller than me and it yeah, and I'm not even saying I'm over line. here like getting every girl, but like, <laughs> or hollering at every girl. But it just that is just like a microwave. Like I never, just, some of the like m- intangibles that other people think of mm-hmm. that that kind of get in their way. I either don't think about it or I think about it and get over it fast. Word, word. Which you know, I think that's just important uh, life skill. Yeah, it's it's like a. It's like a gift and a curse sometimes mm-hmm. because, again, like, I know for myself I've gotten in so much fucking trouble yeah. in my life. But, like, I would prefer to be this person that keeps running into walls and that person that's too scared to even get up kind of yeah. thing. Like, I remember, um, this is like a smaller story, but it yeah. all relates. <laughs> but, like, I was just walking with this girl I dated and then there's a couch in front of someone's yard. And I was like, oh, shit, I need a new couch. And I walked over and I grabbed it and I was like, yo, grab the other end. And then I remember she told me, she's like, what if they're not actually throwing this couch away? And my brain just like exploded for a second. I'm like, oh, I didn't even think about that. She's like, what if they <laughs> think you're stealing it? And then like five million other thoughts came in my head. Yeah. I'm like, oh shit, wait, but what about this? I'm like, maybe I should put this back. And she's like, maybe you should ask first. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. And it made me realize, I'm like, I think I'm so much happier when I'm not thinking, thinking too much because yeah. like then we actually went the route i knocked on the door they're like yeah we're throwing it away just take it <laughs> home and i'm just like oh shit you had i had a whole fucking anxiety attack because i started thinking too and if much you, if you, you think know? of that story she might have stopped at the idea that that might not be a free couch mm. and never found out oh yeah it actually is a free exactly couch. exactly and i'm like life can be your fucking free couch, free couch let's fucking go let's go try to grab life that can be shit. A free couch. man um my favorite line off your tape is off a of counseling when you say i want to do it on my own but i still hope uh they intervene yeah another line that fucked me up because <laughs> bro i like, before every podcast, I, I make sure I listen to everyone's discography, like, and just instill it in my head. Yeah. And I was just like, damn. I'm like, I'm trying to learn right now, and I'm getting into yeah. my feels. Because I'm like, he's touching home too close. Um, first, I want to just ask, what does that line mean to you? Uh, I think this is the other side of what we were just talking about, where the, the curse of being someone who always figures it out mm-hmm. is that people assume you'll always figure it out. They mm-hmm. don't check in on you. They don't. Um, give you that same attention as someone who asks for it more often. Mm-hmm. And being that person who figures it out, we often don't know how to ask for that help. You know, mm-hmm. we want people to kind of just get it. And I'm learning. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's not the healthiest way to, to go about communication or just relationships in general in life. Um, and I, I find myself like, I've always wanted someone to throw a surprise party for me. Mm. 
But it'd be but I'm not up. the guy that's <laughs> not gonna be like, yo, throw me a sl- surprise party. That's kinda like it'd be kinda yourself. weird. But I'm not the guy that someone would throw a surprise party before yeah. because of how I carry myself. Mm. And I, I I think a lot in life and the, the purpose of that line is that we want to be left alone, but we don't want to be alone. You know what I mean? Exactly, exactly. Now, um, I'm definitely someone that uh, I would consider myself an introvert. Yeah. And it's like, if people don't, I'm the type of motherfucker, and this is my toxic trait. Mm-hmm. I won't text anybody back. Yeah. But if I don't hear from anybody for months, I'm going to be like, wait, does no one care about yeah. me? Why the fuck didn't you call me? And then I always get in these debates where it's like, well, you never reached out and called me, Bradley. And mm-hmm. I'm just like... Cause I'm, I'm not the person to make the first step type shit. I'm doing yeah. my own shit in my own world kind of thing. But it's like that's one thing I'm trying to learn too. I'm like, okay, it's okay to reach out to people. It's okay to ask for help. It's okay to be down type shit and mm-hmm. need someone to lift you up. It's just I'm still for myself trying to find out where that fucking stems from. But I think I'm assuming it just stems from like just growing up and just always being that kid that was in his own world. Cause mm-hmm. I'm like, regardless if it was like my parents or the school i was never gonna listen to what anyone else said so i'm just like i'm just doing me at all times type shit you know no Um, i i that was probably one of my favorite lines in that project (laughs) (laughs) being able to sum up that feeling uh and that that's i guess going back to you like when we talked about me being vulnerable Mm -hmm. um it's almost it's like a game for me it's mm-hmm. like when I can sum up something that I don't feel I've heard said a certain way I, or like flip a new stone over it, I just, it feels good. It like, and I, my favorite artists do that for me. Um, like I'm really into John Mayer for his songwriting and he had, he had a line in, in the new light song that kind of blew up a bit a few years ago where he says pushing 40 in the friend zone. Mm. I'm like that is a bar that's that my favorite bar that whole year I love hearing people say the same things in different ways that's, that's all we do in music anyway mm. when people can do it at a high level in simplicity without needing all the fucking the bars without needing the whole song this, like if you just sum up these little moments of life and just align that that's Word. my favorite part. So. And that's usually the one that people are gonna fucking remember 100%, shit, 100%. that's so fucking true um, overall, my favorite song by you is Planet Earth. I've gotcha. played, I, no joke, I've played that song almost every fucking day. <laughs> like, Oh, man. I that, made that when I was sleeping in the studio, dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to hit you with a real last question. Do you have hope for humanity in the future of society, Kari? Um, who cares? Uh, I, I just, I don't like it. This whole, this... <laughs> Why do we think we need to exist? Mm. Why do we, why does there need to be hope for humanity? Why do we, like, I don't mean to be dark in it. I mean, I find liberation in that, um, which kind of segues in, like, I'm working on, like, my upcoming album is called A Desperate Attempt to Love Everything. And the idea behind it is that to exist in this world, you have to accept it all, you know? The good days, the days you wake up, the days you come here and do a podcast. But you also have to accept someone sleeping on Skid Row right now. You have to accept someone's working in some factory in China or something, underpaid, overworked. You have to accept that some of your friends are going to die. You have to accept that you're going to die. You have to accept everything and just go along with it. 
and through that, I've accepted the fact that we, why do we need to be here? Why, what is, do I need hope in humanity? No. Do I want to contribute good to humanity? Yeah. Word. And that's, that's where I'm at. It's kind of like um, that uh, not having a toxic attachment with something, being able to like just let it go. Yeah. You know, and just continue. In, in and that, in, in, that, in that same light, I'm not saying not, nothing matters. Mm-hmm. But I am. I'm saying, as as dumb, or maybe this sounds like some Rick Rubin thing to say, but <laughs> uh, everything matters because nothing matters, and you choose what matters to you. Mm. Um, and that's kind of where I'm I'm at in life. Uh, as much as we stress about like, man, this song didn't do that well, or this one didn't dr- like, I'm I don't have the money, or I'm not the artist I want to be. I'm not whatever you're going through in life is just like so what yeah. <laughs> just, no one's even gonna remember care yeah. in hundred and, that, years and that's not shit. to to downplay like i get mad i get sad about things but mm-hmm. when i am in a very sober mind state of life and living it the way i think i should be mm-hmm. it's all just like who cares? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fucking dope. That's a beautiful ass way to look at it. Bro, this is a funny ass story, right? You did something on your IG story that inspired the fuck out of me. And I don't even oh, know. Oh, what's that? Bro. <laughs> I'm scared. So, <laughs> dude, like, I kid you not. Um, over this summer, I was going through hella shit because I, like, got out of a breakup. And then I recently moved. And then I was homeless for a little bit. And my mom was, um, she was going through, like, a lot of, like, mental breakdowns and mm-hmm. shit. And I just felt like I was, like, losing everything. I'm like, oh, everything's falling apart type shit. And um, (laughs) you posted on your story a puzzle that you did, and then you broke the puzzle part after you finished the puzzle, right? Uh. To you, that might have just been some little shit, but, like, like, I needed to see something like that because it made me take a step back. And I was just like, why the fuck am I so attached to Mm -hmm. shit that's, like not meant to last and be forever anything and i kid you not after you posted that the next day because i'm such a i, I struggle with being overly nostalgic and mm-hmm. like being like oh, i remember when i, was I relate tall. to that 100 I, I have a hard time getting over. <laughs> yeah like i'm always just like stuck in the past like after that post i went on one of them long ass walks and i started thinking about other shit and i was just like I have, like, a Polaroid collection of every moment of my life over the last six years, really? right? Yeah. Wow. You know, because I, I love photography and yeah. shit. So, it's, like, it goes hand in hand with my nostalgia issue, which is also, like, a blessing. Yeah. But I'm, like, I went through the uh, scrapbook and then I threw away, like, half the photos. That's fire. And I was just, like, why am I holding on to this? I'm, like, some of these people in these photos, I don't even... even truly remember them Mm -hmm. or like even care about this person or even like this person but it was me being like oh shit but the memory but the memory but the holding on to I'm just like you can't hold on to things forever nothing really nothing lasts forever I'm like and that's great and it felt um, for me it felt symbolic it felt like I was like yo this is done Mm -hmm. and it's time for the next journey of my life kind of thing and that's just from you fucking tearing up a fucking puzzle, nigga. Bruh. <laughs> like, that is fucking cool. Yeah. That 
that is cooler than anyone saying yo this bar changed my life <laughs> <laughs> something's just an action or an idea i had affected you that's cool yeah um, i it was just i saw it at the perfect fucking time i was already yeah. sad and i'm just and going I, online and i'm just like bro i remember exactly because I, I think i put practicing detachment or yeah. a practice and detachment uh on it uh I th- it, it was crazy to go through my my uh, like my other my DMs from that. People mm-hmm. were just like, "Yo, man, why didn't you frame it? Yo, man, you should. Why would you do that? Like, that's why. Exactly. That we all think like that. We're all like holding on to all these things. Not saying you shouldn't collect things. You should collect things that matter to you. You should, mm-hmm. you know, but you shouldn't live through them. Exactly. Because it, it it's it's already happened, and the more like. That actually started um, that idea in my head, which I try and revisit every once in a while. That's why I do puzzles and then take them apart. It's just like when I'm kind of in a little lost moment. Mm-hmm. It started maybe in 2017, I think, or 18. I MF uh, The Hundreds did a collab with MF Doom, mm-hmm. and they put the metal face on the back like in white and it said doom and the graffiti logo on the oh man it was this jacket i had oh it was fire and then my homie was like yo that's fire that jacket's fire and then for some reason i was like you should have this i love i only had that jacket for like a week or two or something like maybe a month i loved that jacket and something in that moment was just like just practice giving away something you really like, like for no reason. He was also like, "No, man, you really like this. You keep this." And I was like, "No, nah, you should have this jacket." Um, and it translated to puzzles in my life. When I left New York, I get got rid of most of my stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and being in that nomadic state, uh, I took a bunch of stuff back because when I left New York, I moved back in with my mom for six months before I moved out here. Mm-hmm. And I had a bunch of stuff just chilling at her spot too. I was like, "Why I got all this stuff? I'm like, why I got all these shoes? I don't even wear half of them. <laughs> you know, like maybe once the, my red leather Vans get mm-hmm. worn once a year type. <laughs> maybe I should get rid of some of this stuff. And I'm still trying to internalize it on a grander scale, whether that's with relationships, whether mm-hmm. that's with family, whether that's with friends. Um, but I, I think I've been a lot happier internalizing things and practicing detachment on purpose. You know, I think life sometimes forces us, you know, like when someone breaks up with you and you mm-hmm. don't want to be with them or you want to, you still want to be with them. Like your things are being taken away from you as opposed to, okay, maybe this isn't working. You're walking away on your own. I think more people should practice detachment like on purpose. Word, yeah. word. Nah, I fucking feel that. Like, um... I think you actually met my best friend, Jeremiah Wackavelli. You yeah, guys follow yeah, each other? Cool yeah, dude. dude. I remember um, a few years ago, like prior to 2021, I think it was, we lived in the same house together. Mm-hmm. Like for years, for years we lived because we met in New York and then we got an apartment together. And then we moved to Florida and then we stayed in a crib together. And then we moved to LA and we had a crib together. And then uh, just like financial issues arise mm-hmm. and we had to both move and live in different places and i remember like at first for both of us like it turned into it turned into an argument 
not even an argument. It was just more of like us just like letting emotions out. So, so like, so it felt like a breakup. Like, so we're just, what the fuck, bro? Like, you just gonna let me do my thing? And then I'm just like, yeah. but I realized I was like, wait, no, I could, it's, this is the end of the journey. It's time for this path to go this way, this path to go this way. And I'm like, and that's still my best friend to this day. I'm yeah. literally going to kick it with them after this type of shit. But I had to learn. I was like, oh shit, you cannot hold on to things forever you know th everything in your life is temporary yeah you know and then until you grab into the next thing and then the next thing and then it's like like you said earlier it's just the outlook that you look at it, it's like everyone we are going to die alone yeah. <laughs> but it's like you got to look at it the water half filled type shit this is your journey and you know? through that lack of control or there is control mm. you can choose to do certain things like i had this thought last year when i was kind of in a down moment uh i was like i need to level up to keep the people in my life around mm. not that not that they won't like me regardless of where i am in life it just gave me a new sense of purpose to like oh if they keep leveling up oh, we're naturally going to move out of each other's lives. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. But I really like these people, so I got to stay on my shit if these, these are the people <laughs> I want around. Word. So there is, there's control in the sense of I can control my actions to kind of be in this, this realm of people. Not like, and who's this? Maybe I'm overanalyzing this, you know, because these are my friends, but, uh, and they, they don't look to me for what I do or anything like that. I'm just noticing, like, I, was just, I just had a moment where I sat down. I was like, wow, their lives are kind of moving like this. And I think I'll naturally be phased out, uh, you know, whether it's five years, 10 years, 15 mm -hmm. years down the line. But I'm like, I like these people. And these are people I want to be around with when I'm, like, 50, 60. Mm. To stay around that, I need to... make sure I'm doing things in my life to keep up with that. But not just for the sake of keeping up, but for the sake of, I really like these people. Yeah. You know, it's not like I need to be successful because my friend, it's like, Word. I will naturally kind of vibe out of each other's lives unless I'm also, because mm. these are very productive people. Word. It's just like uh, rationing who actually matters and who's yeah. like, and who's supposed to be temporary type shit and who's like, just meant for this thing, you know? Like, um can't remember who I was having this discussion with, but uh, we were just talking about how, like, no one in your life is meant to be your everything. You know what I mean? Some people, like, oh, it was my sister. I was talking to my sister about it because she called me and she was just saying, like, uh, she was upset that our mom didn't want to listen to her business idea or something along those lines type thing. Mm -hmm. And then I was saying, I'm like, anytime I call our mom, it's to share a laugh. Because yeah. me and my mom share the same sense of humor, mm -hmm. you know? And I'm just like, but I never talk to my mom about my rap shit. I don't <laughs> yeah. talk about Because I'm just like, that's that's not her purpose yeah, for Yeah, my mom's that. never been to one of my shows. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, it's, it's just like, what I was trying to teach my sister, I was just like, yo, some people are going to be here for this thing. Some people are going to be here for this thing. Some mm -hmm. people are going to be here for this thing. And like, everyone has a purpose for you, for your life, but you can't um, just hold on to someone to be your complete whole life mm -hmm. type thing you know i, I um, agree 
I mean, there's just a lot to put on someone. Yeah. And that's a lot. It's well, a lot to put on someone, and I think you're not putting enough on yourself. If, Word. If someone, and it just know. goes back to what we're saying. It's like, we are really who we only have kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know? Like, you can... Even, you can, get, you can get married, you have family. We, we, we... No matter how much these people mean to us, no matter mm-hmm. how close, you know, something bad could happen, they're not in your life anymore. You still have to be able to exist um, without it. You shouldn't be planning for that. But word, word. We, we are all we have. Word. I think that's just so sick about you as a person and your music altogether because it's like you represent a lot of being alone, but in the greatest way type shit. Because like I said, when I listen to the album, it's just like, oh, this is loneliness. It's a lot of loneliness. <laughs> it's, it's funny to hear it described that way because I just don't realize it. Really <laughs> it's <laughs> crazy. But like, it's a lot. But I was like, no, this is also, you can, the glass half full, this is independence. This is mm-hmm. the feelings of, oh, I'm by myself and I'm still growing. I'm doing this and this is a part of the journey. This is the part of the journey. This is how I felt on this part of the journey. And this is where I'm at right now type shit, you know? So I I... I don't know why I'm this way. I don't know why. I'm here. <laughs> I I just it, once again like it, it's easy to be on a podcast mic and talk like a guru. I'm still figuring shit out, but this is the general. On my best days is generally how I think, and it's it's lately brought me some some more peace and perspective when I when I step back and think about things that way. It ma- it makes. Some people would, because once again, I'm not, I'm not, well, not once again, I didn't say this, but I'm not religious. Mm-hmm. And uh, part of another part of the pro- my upcoming project called Being a Desperate Attempt to Love Everything is just like, could, I was asking myself a lot or just thinking about the idea, because humans, ex- what if we found out no God existed completely? Like we just, that was just, cap. That was just completely. <laughs> That was somehow accepted, and we figured it out uh-huh. via some method. We were like, "Oh wow, there really is no." And what if, in that same day, someone was like, "Also, there are no aliens. There's no extraterrestrial <laughs> life. <laughs> Could we handle life being meaningless?" In my head, I find power in the idea of treating life as though nothing matters because you can choose who you are. You can choose what matters. You can choose the people you want to chill with. You can choose what you want to do for whatever, how many years we get here. Uh, I was listening to a Rick Rubin interview recently. He said something along the lines of, uh, this is fake. Wrestling's real. It's real because they've accepted this whole thing is fake. Mm-hmm. So therefore, they're in the power to change the storylines. They're like... Damn. That's how I try and view life at this point. Damn. <laughs> Give me a second. Hold up. I think Shit. a lot of people fear it meaning nothing. I just find more power in the fact that mm. it things meaning nothing. But Damn. I'm sorry. I'm just I need to take a step that oh, was like, That's fucking beautiful. Man. 
and I, I I call it a desperate attempt to love everything because we're all desperate to find this this mm-hmm. peace with life. Whether we come to the idea of thinking about it like that, or we just naturally come to this acceptance eternally, internally. I mean, but when are you planning on dropping that project? Uh, it's gonna come out in this spring. This, this spring. spring, yeah. I think May. I think May is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. May, 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 May. And by I think I know it's coming out there. I, just haven't, <laughs> I haven't said on anything yet, but yeah, is there any uh more secrets or stuff we can talk about with the album? Um it it's it's a lot of genres. Mm-hmm. It's grounded in hip hop and rap and which I do. And I think going forward this is what I wanna be. Uh I wanna be grounded in hip hop, but just kind of play with the sandbox a bit more. because. Um, other than algorithms, who's telling you what you have to be in you know, like at this point in which back to the TikTok combo where you just you you swipe, you see so many different genres on a daily basis. I think it's boring to just be one thing. Um it's safer, smarter. Uh and it's cool if if that's like what you want. That's just not what I got into music to do. So this project is going back to the title, is a bit of everything. And it's my, my best work yet. Um, shot visuals for it. I started it four years ago. Shit. When I moved out of New York. The first, two weeks ago was the first session. Like two weeks ago, four years ago was the first session. I was looking at the like date marks on everything. And since then, I've dropped two projects in the middle of figuring out this project. Uh, some songs I had to live. You know, I had to go through. It, it was crazy. I went through a breakup after 20 after the pandemic in 2021 and my own song was consoling me <laughs> it was just it was just like it was i never experienced that before <laughs> where like oh, i'm going through a breakup this is the breakup song i'm listening to. like this, this is the song i'm listening to for me um there's like little parts that i get via that relationship like um it, it i would never take four years to work on anything ever again um Hopefully not, maybe, who knows? But mm. via all that time, I lived so much. The songs changed, everything changed. And I, I think it helped me find a better identity in moving into, I'm 31 now, so it helped me find a better identity moving into my, my 30s. And it really is like a time capsule or like not a how-to guide, but like a Jackson Pollock painting of, going through your 20s as a male and the, by Jackson Pollock I mean like because he's a guy who like splatters things I believe or whatever mm-hmm. it just it's like it's not a complete guide but like you'll be able to draw pieces and a lot of my fan base are dudes and I've accepted that I somehow have I speak to younger dudes in a way maybe it's via the vulnerability um I think this will be a good like if you're like Going through your 20s is a good um, album for that. Damn. Because it has so many layers as far as. Oh, man. I fuck with you, Corey. (laughs) I really fuck with you, nigga. Oh, thank you, man. Thank you. Once again, it's very easy to hop on a podcast (laughs) and sound like you know what you're talking about. You know, like, I I could just name name something. Name name Cats. You know, I I think human beings... (laughs) I think we're drawn to cats because in a way it's like there's these things that come and go and having a cat helps you accept 
life you know you can't really control a cat tell a cat mm-hmm. what to do it comes to you when it see, sometimes you we just, think we have <laughs> nine lives but it's like if a cat doesn't land on his feet he's really done for. he's really done for you, know, you, you can know. think you can go on forever but it all comes to an end yeah you know yeah, no meow Meow, meow, meow. Uh, meow. Just like how we're coming to an end to this podcast, this was <laughs> episode five of the Let's Go Together podcast. I'm Brad Brooks. You can check us out on Apple Music, Spotify, TikTok, Instagram, uh, at Gas Music, at Productive Funny, at the Brad Brooks. Let's grow together. You guys know how to use your internet and search it up. Tell them where to find you at, Kari. Uh, my name is Kari, K-H-A-R-Y. Find me where people find things. Exactly. Meow. Thank you. (laughs)